0: Pretty amazing to think that production or being productive at work is part of our worship. Interacting with God at work and, and letting Him grow us is all part of our worship. Before we jump in today, I have to uh, share something with you where I was not productive. Um, there was a, there's a family who has been watching through stream... And uh, at the beginning of COVID and the first few months there, we called everybody a couple times to make sure everybody's okay, checked in on them. And uh, I called this family, and then about a month ago, they called me and said, hey, thanks for that. We've been watching, and we'd like to get more more involved and be more connected. We can't really come live yet, but we want want to be more connected. And I said, that's great. Um, That's super. I'll get back with you. We'll we'll take care of that. We'll definitely do that. And I said, certainly I'll remember that number in my phone. I lost the number and so if you're listening today, would you please call us again? I I lost the phone. I don't know what happened. I I, I went on a long time thinking, I'll remember, I'll remember, but I didn't. So please, call us again because we do want you to be connected. Okay, back to the message, Uh, lost. When I was uh, back before GPS, um, nowadays, geographically, unless you walk off without your phone, you, you, you at least know where you're lost at, um, but before GPS, uh, my brother and I were going to an auction, and uh, it was my older brother, and I I was just I was probably 16, 16 and a half, and so hadn't driven a lot long distances, and we were on this trip, and uh, he drove for the first time, and he started to get tired. He said, "Hey, can you drive?" I said, "Sure." He said, "Just take this highway." He gave me the directions of what to do. It was only one turn. And I said, great, here we go. Um, And we drove and we drove and we drove. And about two hours later, he woke up and he said, okay, where are we? And I told him where we were. And he goes, that's an hour and a half in the wrong direction. Now, it's bad to be lost, but it's really bad to not know you're lost when you're lost, right? What happens to you when you get lost? Well, you certainly lose time. So, it's an hour and a half in the wrong direction, so that's three hours altogether. You you lose time. You always lose time when you're lost. You lose resources. That's a lot of gas money, going that way, and then going back the other way. But most important, you actually, most important, you miss the opportunity. You miss what you were headed for. You miss what it was all about. So we drove down there, and by the time we got there, they had already sold the item that we wanted. When you're lost, it's costly. Now, not only do you get lost geographically, but you get lost emotionally. You get lost spiritually. You get lost. There's a lot of ways that you get lost. And when that happens, you lose time. You lose your resources. You lose your energy. And many, many, many times, you lose the opportunity. The very thing you were after in, law, in life, you, you never got there because you were lost. So, what's it like? Like, What's the experience of being lost like? Because you can, you can know where you are and everybody else can see you and know and say that person knows where they are. You can be in the midst of, of, of a church family. And no one knows you're lost. You just know, and I feel lost. I really feel lost. Which either means you don't know where you are, or you don't know where you're going. But most of all, you don't know what direction to take. You don't know what the direction to take. And is this not true? Whatever path you take, you're not taking that path because you know where it's going to go. You're taking that path to find out where it leads. Now that's fun on a Sunday afternoon to take a road to find out where it leads. It's not fun when you're supposed to be somewhere when life matters. And you, you keep taking these roads. You enter into relationships to find out where it'll go. You, you take jobs to find out where it'll go. You, 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 the way you raise your kids... Sorry, my pet peeve. As parents, you're actually trying things out to find out where it's going to go. You don't actually know. You're lost. So we're going to do the same thing we've we've done throughout this time. We're going to take uh, we're going to take the, a Bible passage from James. We're going to we're going to learn what that principle is, and then we're going to apply it. What are some steps that we can do in terms of being lost? This isn't specifically about being lost, but the principle that comes about out of it. Pretty, pretty powerful. Okay, here's our big idea for today. I feel lost. There are so many impossible decisions to make, right? I don't know which way to go, so I'm, I've got all these decisions that, that I need to make, but I don't know which one is the right one. Matter of fact, many, many times we actually think God has led us to that place. We, we, we intuitively go, God, why'd you bring me here? God, why did you bring these things into my life? You've, you, I'm lost. And we really believe that we're lost because God has... He's, he's kind of put us in that position where we're lost. God says, it is pretty simple. At any given time, you can get lost in you. Or, you can get back on track in Him. At any given time. When tempted... Here's the Bible passage in James. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away. Grab you by the collar and you're dragged away. What's what's temptation like for you? First of all, what are the things that tempt you in your life? We're going to go super simple. You're at work and uh, you know... That uh, you have packed a bologna and mayonnaise sandwich. That's all you have for your lunch. That's what you got. All right? And you go to work and you open the refrigerator and there's a bologna and mayonnaise sandwich in your bag. And right over here is a beautiful, in a clear container, lasagna. And if you hate lasagna, please put something in the container you like. And you're like, okay. It starts you begin to be dragged toward the lasagna. When you are dragged away by your own evil desires, I might say this twice today, most of the time we believe that the reason that we're tempted is by the thing we're tempted to. So, I'm tempted by the money. I'm tempted by the girl. I'm tempted by the guy. I'm tempted by the sex. I'm tempted, Whatever is on that list, right? This says you're dragged away by your own evil desire. Not the thing. It's something inside of you that says this would be better. I'm going this way. This is what I deserve. This is what I need. This is what I've got to have dragged away by their own evil desire, and enticed. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and the desire begins, and then what do I do? I begin to talk to myself, right? I begin to talk to myself like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a company refrigerator, right? I'm part of the company, And I think on the mission mission statement somewhere it says that we are here for our employees. They're here for me. This is part of the company. This is here for me. And we talk and we talk and we talk. What's happening? The desire is conceiving. And then we grab it. We take it back to our desk. We eat it. We spend the next hour making paper mache lasagna to try to cover up the fact that we stole the lasagna so we can put it back in the box. And you're like, that's ridiculous. You've done worse. You have done worse to cover up your sin, right? And then it says it gives birth to death. When are you lost on this path? Are you lost when you first open up the refrigerator and you see the bologna and the lasagna? You are not. You know that's yours, that's not. You're not lost. You begin to get lost as your evil desire begins to drag you. And it's very simple. The further down the road this path you go, the more lost you become. When you move from desire to action, whether it be an attitude or an act or slander, or gossip. Whether you're abusing sex in some way, whether you're abusing some substance in some way, to greed, to whatever act you move to, the further loss you get. And it produces death. You mean like you physically die? Yes, that is part of it, but that's not not all of it. You often die many deaths long before you physically die. When you are the most lost is when you've walked all the way through this cycle and you've picked the fruit of the evil desire that was enticed, that took the act, and now that act has produced fruit in your life. You're lost. He says, don't be deceived. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a flip side to this. He's, he's gone down that road. He goes, there's, this is the one side to look at of it. He said, but don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be lied to. By the way, almost every time you get lost, I want to say every time, but I haven't re- researched everything, but almost every time you get lost, it's because of a lie. Someone lied to you. You want to get somebody lost on the highway, just put up a sign that lies. It says, this is the way the town is when that's not the way it goes. Many of you on computers, you've actually gotten lost, right? You look up instructions, you follow the instructions, I'm lost. <laughs> Some of you go five seconds, you give it to your hu- husband or your wife, go, I'm lost. You fix it. Right? And it's because somebody, you, you're sure somebody lied to you. Sometimes they did lie to you, many times you lied to yourself. That process, you lie to yourself. You're deceived. One of those deceptions is that the thing is the problem. And so your answer is, I will eliminate the thing. I will never eat bread again. (laughs) Says the person who said that ten times. Because bread is evil. No, the evil desire is evil, not bread. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. All this creation that we have around you, all this beauty that we have around you, all these opportunities that we have around you, they're not the problem. The world, as God has created it, that's not the problem. You don't get lost because there's so many awesome, wonderful things in the world. You get lost because your evil desire says, I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. Who does not change like shifting shadows. We're going to jump in. We'll... The, le- the rest of it, I'm going to read through, and then we'll, we'll hit it with some points later. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits in all that he created. So I want you to take four things from this basic principle, which is this. The problem is not the stuff, and the problem is not God. The problem is the evil desire that you follow. It's the temptation that you fall into. It's the lie that you believe. The answer is that God is good. That everything is good, and God is good, and so if we partake that path, if we follow that path, then we're not going to get lost, or wherever we are, we can move from there to someplace else. So I can live on track by using. I can live on track by using God's map. I don't know why the does there. I I'm sorry about that. I can, I can live on track by using God's map. That's the Bible. It's what God says is true. To avoid getting lost, not self determination, guilt, and shame. How do you handle temptation? What's your path? What's your strategy? Now, interestingly enough, you've lived your whole life. Temptation has ruined many of your lives. You've never thought through your strategy, not once. You never once went, what is my strategy for temptation? Well, a couple of strategies. The first one is the self-determination strategy. I will not do that again. Successful? No. Or you make the list of things that you're going to get rid of. Self-determination is, I will eliminate all of the bad things around me, and then I'll be able to be good. There's only one problem. It's like when you peel an onion, right? The outside layer is the problem. Peel the onion. Whoops. No. It must be the next layer. Peel the onion. No. Peel the onion. What's the problem? You. You get lost in you. The goodness around you is not the problem. The second is guilt and shame. This is what most people who, who are outside of a church that teaches God's grace, who've never experienced God's grace, this is what they believe religion is. Religion really is this throughout the world. The way we're going to change your behavior is going to make you feel guilty and shame about sin. We're going to make you feel so bad about that thing, you'll never do it again. Many of you believe in this strategy, in the, in the core of who you are, the heart of who you are. You believe in this strategy. You just got to feel bad enough about it. If I feel guilty enough about it, if I build up enough walls, I can stop it. I can control it. Well, God has an entirely different plan. He goes in a totally different direction. So the first thing you do is you build your life on grace. Build your life on grace. God's grace is amazing. How do you get more of God's grace? God's power in your life. How do you get God's power in your life? Well, you live a really good life because God loves really good people. And so the reason that you come to church is so Pastor Chris can give you another list, another thing that you need to straighten out in your life. And if you straighten those things out, you'll have God's power. Nope. The way that you get God's grace is you sin. Now, there's a percentage of the people in our church who've heard that before. But there's a good number of you, you've never heard me say that before. And you're like, time to leave this church. I'm going to say it again. How do you get God's grace? You sin. In Romans 5, two, five in Romans chapter 5, it says this. The law came so, the trans, so that the transgression would increase. The reason the law, the law, the Ten Commandments, the reason they were given was to show you who you are. It would to show you that you're a sinner that needs a Savior. It's to show you this evil part of you that will take anything good and turn it into, any temptation, turn it into evil. So God says, thou shalt not lie. Beforehand, you're like, I'm a good guy. I'm really a good guy. I mean, I'm super. God says, thou shalt not lie. And then we track you. We follow you. And we put a check mark every time you lie throughout the day. Is there anybody in here that thinks they get through a day without lying? Yes. Because you don't. You're either lying to yourself or you're lying to somebody else. So he, it worked. The Old Testament worked. Transgressions exploded. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The more sin, the more grace. So that as sin reigned in death, we don't have time to work through all of this, but it means this. If you think that you're going to overcome temptation through self-determination, guilt, and shame, sin will rule your life. It gets what it wants. You can work as hard as you want at it, and many of you are, and you are absolute failures. You're either failing in that sin all the time, or you're the most self-righteous person, you're judging everybody else because they're not as good as you. Sin will get what it wants. Even so, grace would reign through righteousness. That means grace gets what it wants. And what grace wants is for you to know that when Jesus gave you a new heart, he made you just like him. He gave you his righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So practically, how do you do that? Well, you pull out the blue prescription card. If you're like, what's the blue prescription card? Ask somebody, ask anybody who's gone to Skyline very long. You go, like, what's the blue prescription card? And they'll pick they'll, 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 they'll you down a path. You can find this card. All right, here we go. At the top of the card, it has the verse. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And then you put your name, and then you put down this sin that you choose. For us today, it's bologna sandwich or lasagna. And you open the refrigerator door, and you say this. Now, just it's not magic. You don't, it's not, it's not, it's not a, uh, a potion, right? It's like, I said the words. No. You believe this. You say this to Jesus. Jesus, because you have died in my place, I can eat the lasagna. I'm going to eat the lasagna. Jesus, because you paid my debt for eating the lasagna, I don't have to pay it. I can eat the lasagna and not pay the debt. You will. You have. I'm going to eat the lasagna. Jesus, because God poured out his wrath on you for me eating the lasagna, I'm free to eat the lasagna. His wrath has already been poured out. It's not going to be poured out on me for eating lasagna. I'm going to eat the lasagna. Jesus, because this sin will qualify me for more of his grace, I'm going to eat the lasagna. You know what happens if you believe that? You don't want that lasagna. You want that bologna sandwich. Because the Spirit of God rules your life. It rules you. Not self-determination, not self, but because grace is more powerful than sin. So, build your life on grace. Number two, clean your eyes. Clean the eyes of your heart. This one's super simple. You almost always get lost when you try to find something in the dark. It's really hard to find something in the dark. If you're traveling and you turn your lights off, you're not going to be able to find where you're going. If you're in a room, you should go home and do this, right? Tonight, have your wife go, hey, can you, would you go please find this downstairs? Just don't turn on the lights. See, You're, you're going to be lost, right? When you hide sin, what's hide sin? I know what God has said. I said, no, I'm not going to do that, and I sinned, but I'm pretending I didn't. So I'm not going to confess it to God. I'm not going to confess it to the person I sinned against. When you hide sin, you're blind. You're going through life blind. Because when I first open the refrigerator, I'm not blind. I can see what's here. But after I take the lasagna and I've eaten it, I become blind. I will justify it, I will lie about it, mostly to myself. And the next day, when there's bologna and lasagna, I actually feel less guilty when I take it. Clean the eyes of your heart. Confess your sin. Come clean. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number three, spend intimate time with, it should be your leader, spend intimate time with your leader and his followers, experiencing his best. You see, God gives you his best. What did the passage say before? The passage said that God is good and every good gift is from him. So if you spend your life saying, you know what? What God wants me to do is stop doing that and quit doing that and, and eliminate this. And what God wants me to do is he just doesn't want me to do these things. i got to make sure. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, have you ever, if you ever, uh, guys, you ever, you know, there's some pretty girl out of the corner of your eye and, and you see, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Right? You say that 50 times and something inside of you is going, look, 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 look. You could do that with any temptation, right? Don't, 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 don't. And what are you doing? You're actually focusing on the sin. You're focusing on that thing in the wrong way. Now, what if you spend time with Jesus, intimate time with Jesus, and the people who spend intimate time with Jesus? They don't do that. They go, I'm going somewhere. See, Jesus didn't come to say, listen, don't do any of those things. What Jesus did is he came and said, all those things that cause you death, they're ruining your life. Come follow me, I'll give you life. He said, come follow me. I'll give you water, and you'll never thirst again. Come follow me, I'll give you bread, you'll never thirst again. Come follow me. It works this simple. If you follow Jesus, the pretty girl on the side doesn't matter. I see Jesus. The way you stop looking the wrong way is to look at the right thing. Not by going, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. No. You look at Jesus. And if you think you can do that by yourself and not hang out with people who are looking at Jesus, you're wrong. You can't. That's what the body of Christ is for. That's what, we're, that's what life groups are for. To be able to grab a hold of that and follow that. So, you want to be with people who are experiencing his best. Now be careful. We've heard earlier in the other messages Jesus' best is not that you have the trophy life. Jesus' best is that he takes you places where he makes you more like him. Because Jesus, although those good things, everything is good from him, the goal is not those good things. It's every, per- every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like a shifting shadow. Which is one of the lies of temptation. It's how you get lost. You think God changes. You think you are in a special situation. You open the refrigerator and like, no one's ever faced this before. No one has ever gone a half an hour without eating like I have. No one has ever... No one's ever made that kind of lasagna. No one's ever gone through what I'm going through in my marriage. No one's ever gone through what I'm going through and on and on and on and on. Right? God does not change. His goodness does not change. Number four, say yes to his call on my life. Now this passage I had to wrestle with for a little bit. I'm like, what does that mean? He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That makes sense to me. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you're born again. You literally become a new person. He says the old person dies and a new person is born again. You're not who you used to be. You're not going to get to heaven and go, yeah, remember what it was like when I used to. No, that person dies. You're a new person. It's not that you go through life and you change and you turn over a new leaf. No, 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 no. That's not the gospel. That person dies, and you are born through the word of truth. That makes sense to me. That we we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So first, think about his creation, the beauty of his creation. How much good he's brought. The amazing things from giant whales to the beauty of owls, to the tiniest of creatures. I mean, it's amazing what he's created. That we might be a kind of first fruits. Well, all through the Bible, the first fruits is the best of what you have. When you harvest something at the beginning If it's it's animals and they've grown, you you pick out the very best animal and you're going to give that to God. If it's your grain, then you, you pick out your very best grain. The first, you harvest that first grain, that goes to God, it's the best. Wait, so that means he wants you to be his first fruits. He wants you to be his best. He, he, he wants to offer you as his best now does that put pressure on you? it does if you don't understand grace you're like I have to be the best no 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 you see at any given moment you can get lost in you or you can get back on track in him See, He's the one who's going to make you His first fruits. Not you. He's the one who's going to lead you and grow you. In this process, I had this thought. Because you do and you will face times when you feel very, very lost. This COVID has caused many of us to feel really lost. For some of you, you have faced something. And and COVID had nothing to do with your decision-making. It came from someplace else, right? And others of you have made decisions where you're in a position where you're lost. So this message is not about not getting lost. It's that any moment, at any moment, you can continue to be lost in yourself, or you can get back on track in Him. So I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think of a place where you're lost. For me, it's a woods, because I grew up getting lost in the woods. But for you, it might be an urban place. It might be you took a wrong exit, you took a wrong turn, you end up in a dangerous neighborhood, you don't know how to go, you don't know how to get out of there, you don't know what to do, where you're lost. And you're like, I'm lost, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know where I am. If you know Christ as your personal Savior, God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you need to go to get out. You can open your eyes. You see, at any given moment, you can turn to God. And you go, wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm going to build my life on grace. I'm not the answer. Jesus is the answer. At at any given moment, you can confess. At any given moment. You can turn to Jesus and go, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And if you're like, I don't even know where Jesus is, you can go find somebody who's following Jesus. And go, I don't want to rule my own life. I don't want to... I don't want my opinions I don't want my way of life I want to follow Jesus can I follow you while you follow Jesus it is absolutely true at any given moment you can come back to the truth you're not lost God knows exactly where you are let's pray Lord Jesus I want to thank you that when you call us, you don't give us the responsibility of becoming first fruits. You promise us that's what you're going to do with us. I want to pray for for myself and our people to accept our call. We have been called to be your servants, to be your children, to be your friends, to be your followers. And at any given moment, if we say yes to that call, we're not lost. So I wanna pray for those who are single, that they'd stop looking for a spouse follow you and let you lead them to where you want to take them Lord I want to pray for those who they're married but they don't have children yet they would say yes to the call that that man would say I'm going to give my entire life to making sure this woman knows that Jesus loves her And that that woman would say, I want to give my life to build this man up to know that Jesus loves him. Lord, for those who have children, I I pray that right now, this morning, they would answer the call. That they're going to follow you. And they're going to follow you step for step because they don't want their kids to, to live a mediocre life or know a life of being lost or trying to navigate in and not know how to get out. But their children will know who Jesus really is, they'll know what he really lives like, they'll experience the abundant life that Jesus promises. That can't happen, or it's not likely to happen when we live that half-and-half life, that mediocre life, that, yeah, follow Jesus sometimes, not all the time. Life. Lord, I pray for all of us that we do not look at the church as a place to consume, but we look at this as a place to give and share and serve because that's our call. Then lastly, Lord, I want to thank you that I'm not lost. That for all of eternity, I will never be lost again. You'll always know right where I am. In your name we pray. Amen.